This is the Author Blur Podcast, where readers and authors connect. We are here for you to learn and discover those authors who are not either large names or as popular as some might find, but they're entertaining, they're fun, and they're enjoyable to listen to in these interviews. So take the time, learn more about them, enjoy the interviews, and remember to go to authorblurb.com where you can find out more about them, about the shows, and other guests that we have. So on Author Blurb today, I'm speaking with Alex Holden, or Holden, crime I can never get anyone's name right, especially after just saying it. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with Alex Holden, Holden. Alex, I'm sorry. For some reason, I've just my tongue died on me. Thank you for being here. I do extremely apologize. And we're here I'm to discuss. Got a name your, change coming up. Yeah, we we are here to discuss your book that you have called Primary. And I have a lot of questions, but before I dig too deep into anything, I always find it easier for you to discuss a bit about yourself, a bit about your book. That way, one we get to know you and get to know your book and then learn more about it both. Sure. Uh, I'm Alex. So thank you for the, the, the last name rechange. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do oh, my second one. I'll change it up. So people can stay on their toes. Um, <laughs> I have been a lover of books, movies, video games, uh, all through my young young life uh into teens into 20s um consuming a megaton of stuff um all through that time while i was working i uh, i was a builder's laborer and i had come home from a shift and imagined the whole world turning blue outside my window and this concept this idea of colors kind of stuck with me so it's stayed with me since I was 15 years old and just nagged at me in the back of my head and drawing on lots of different places, uh, lots of different ideas, lots of different um, things that I'd consumed. Like I said, I started to form kind of this, this world and it started to expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger. I needed to put it down as a, as a concept and, and as an idea and like I said, it's it just kept getting bigger and kept annoying me that it wasn't a reality. So I I figured out how to write, figured out how to turn uh, this idea into something, and had to go through the um, the what is the expression? Sitting down and bleeding is writing. Um, that process <laughs> of of how to do it. So. Um, yeah, it's it's been a fun journey just to kind of figure out how to switch that mode from consuming to producing, um, which has been a bit of a lifelong journey for me and a fun one, though, a really rewarding one. All right. Well, that sounds good. Now, for anybody that's not familiar, you're from Australia, Correct. which is also why some of your phrases might be a little different from what I'm used to. So if I kind of look a little funny, don't, don't think anything of it. It's just taking me a second to process, but it's being down there. You also have a different sense of what stories are. 
you guys have different um, types of stories or science fiction you guys get into as well. That because I've looked at what is produced in other countries just out of curiosity, and your story, I guess here's one thing: like your book is called Primary, and yeah. the from what I've gathered from it, the main character is 21 years old. Mm-hmm. But in the description, it also says that he's his high school bully is coming after him. Mm-hmm. The one question I have is, is at 21 years old, is he still in high school? Because I was trying to figure out if you guys stay in high school for a longer period than makes sense or not, what, what the situation with that is. I, um, growing up in a small town, um, the answer, short answer is no, um, we <laughs> don't have that kind of extended education and that might, that may warrant my, uh, my title description being a bit clearer. Growing up in a small town, the people don't move away. Right. So the pain that Kobe experiences at that time in high school stays with him into his adult life. So the popular people or the unpopular people just stay in this little bubble and they get kind of typecast into this personality. It's, for Kobe, it's something that he cannot escape in that he has this typecast put on him as a loser. It's like a a branding and barking that he has his whole existence um since his whole time in the gender um the the place where he grows up it's um it's not no we don't have uh, extended schooling (laughs) you should be um i should be a bit clearer in that in that blurb (laughs) well i understand but and it also says that he's on the verge of suicide Mm. now one and correct me where i go off track here because it sounds like he's about ready to commit suicide and then he has a mental break is what it sounds like because he starts hearing voices. Mm-hmm. He hears an elf and a dwarf in his head and then gets into a video game, a real life video game before the high school bully comes after him or his old high school bully comes after him. Mm-hmm. What is, is it, is he actually having a break or is I mean, what's going on in the story that starts us off where he's hearing an elf and a dwarf in his head and is in a video game? <laughs> um, it's it, it does kind of sound like a break. I would almost call it a breakthrough. <laughs> um, so Kobe is in Jinder and for his whole entire life, he hears his own voice being called to him when he approaches technology i recount a story in the opening chapter with kobe around when he was four he his grandmother bought him uh, bought the the house a, a tv and as he got closer to it it started printing his name kind of in like um matrix like letters just like kobe 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 over and over and over again and the closer it gets to it, the louder the voices become until the technology explodes um, because it cannot handle his proximity towards it. And so I recount 
on the day that he's going to kill himself because he can't take it anymore. He can't take being in this place anymore. The people that hate him, the high school bully that constantly still tortures him and the multiple encounters that he's had with technology through this town of just completely obliterating anything that is technological. So going into the electronic store and just blowing up everything because he's in there. Um, going past people walking on mobile phones and they explode in people's hands. The He has this curse that he does not understand and this constant feedback of hearing his own name in, in his head. And it's no, only until he gets to the library, which he's going to jump from the tallest bridge in town into the river and drown himself, he only bypasses that by going to the library first to return a book from his grandmother because he says that he'll she'll still haunt him even though he's dead. <laughs> like she'll come and find him. Um, so he's he's that terrified of her. So he's like, all right, I'll do this this last thing. And as he approaches, he hears different voices. He hears people talking telepathically to each other inside the library, and he sees them. And it's an elf and a dwarf. And these two people are there, completely obscure to the kind of surroundings of of this kind of small town, talking about this music festival, this music festival that has come to the town unbeknownst to Kobe. Um, And he hears their conversation. And he hears them talking about this festival and why it's come to this place. And he gets spotted by one of the people who are organisers of the the festival, and I call them Whiteheads, and they're the group of people who work for this uh, philanthropist, uh, uh, crazy dude, who is um, Abe Sue, who's basically the organiser of this music festival. They're kind of his little underlings. They spot Kobe and begin to talk, and the elf and the dwarf come outside because they see him talking to this woman, this whitehead, and the whitehead realises that Kobe can hear what they're thinking because they, they're talking, excuse me, um, in, in, <laughs> in their heads. Up, <laughs> they're, they're talking rude words about Kobe inside their heads, <laughs> um, and he calls them out of it. The first time he kind of gets brave and, and says something, um, and through the whitehead being there, she's like, how did you do that? And and so that sets off the chain of events for Kobe to get invited to go to the festival and then land into this place that's completely futuristic, set in his small town, and finds out that it's actually set up for him and that now that it's on his 21st birthday, the wormhole, a connection through to this other planet, is now open and that's where he originates from and so this whole sequence of events starts to open up and he drops into this realistic video game to discover who he truly is and where he comes from i wanted to have it in such a way that the place and that starting point was just the possible worst existence that he could have into opening up this other portal to this other world and completely flip it on its head to how he gets treated in this other world. 
So that's a small kind of spoilers of, uh, of, right. of kind of where it's coming from. So now, is he the only one that can see these white heads and the elf and dwarf, or kind of what's because you said he goes to the public library. These yes. people are there. Can yes. other people see these? Yes. All right, so they're visible to right. everybody else, they're but no one else them. thinks oddly of an elf and a dwarf, or do they just not realize they're an elf and a dwarf? Uh, other people realize, but they are aware of it. Kobe is in so wrapped up in his own problems, and I mention it in this opening chapter, that he kind of skips past the advertisement for the festival that's in the local newspaper. All right. So the other people of the town know it's there. They know it's coming. You know, it's a massive revenue. This is a worldwide music festival that only pops up in certain countries at certain times. And so Kobe's so wrapped up in himself and the problems that he has in that he's just not aware that they would suddenly be a descending of all these people into this place. For people to 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 come and appear. So the elf and the dwarf, yes, they are visible to other people as well as the whiteheads. So it's just to Kobe, his worldview is so narrow and so bleak that he just doesn't realize or doesn't think that this could happen to him. All right. Now, where is this taking place? I'm assuming in Australia. Is it like your small town, a fictional small town? What is the location where it all starts off at? It's kind of a uh, fictitious small town that I kind of invented. I looked up the the um, the the word Dejinda means star, um, and I, I liked that, so I just kind of went, okay, it'll just be in X location of Australia because a lot of small towns, remote towns worldwide kind of have the same problem in that mm-hmm. you're kind of in this little bubble of isolation not, uh, basically isolation. you're shut off to the rest of the world i know i grew not, up in a small not progressive. town you know everyone yeah. nothing changes people have the same jobs people have the same ideas yeah, yeah that kind of concept i understand like i said i grew up in a small town where we used to have a flashing red light. Now it's gone. So, yeah, so. But, Fancy. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I understand the small town concept and all that. It makes perfect sense to me because, and it's a joke that I commonly make is, I remember going swimming in a little quarry that was on private property. And by the time I got home, my ma already knew what I did. Because somebody <laughs> called and said they saw it. So, <laughs> yep, that's spot on. Yeah, so I know the workings of everyone knows your name. Now I'm much in a much different area. But so with this, your character Kobe is it Kobe or Toby? Kobe. Kobe. Okay. So with Kobe, is he finding like finding his world being? dragged in against his will or is he really going into this wholeheartedly and wanting the escape from his current world it's an interesting thing that i played with in that 
and he says it when he's kind of on the the precipice on the um on the refusal of the call um aspect of it in that he has a choice to escape his current reality and what he was going to do and kill himself mm-hmm. or he could go over here and escape in a different way and so he kind of has this kind of bridge point of to go well we'll just see where this goes rather than escape my current reality maybe i can put my trust in these strangers this elf and a dwarf who i've just met and just see where this goes because they've they and the sequence of events is that they the elf and the dwarf need to get kobe to the music festival and so the whitehead kind of in charges entrusts them with him to go you two are responsible for getting kobe to the festival if you can get him there then we can give you backstage passes which is something that's highly coveted um, <clears throat> to give them <clears throat> incentive to not not to not let Kobe just wander off and do what he wants to do. Excuse me, I'm just going to drink. Um, <laughs> not a problem. So now, does is this a world that's parallel to ours, where dwarfs and elves and all these people are commonplace? I guess. That's really one one question I have because it sounds like they're just average people within the society. So they're but, just yeah they're co- <clears throat> they're just cosplaying. So they're oh. the music festival itself every year has a different theme, and so I mention it. One theme is like cops and robbers is one theme, and there's like robots is another theme. So every since the festival's been running for 21 years, they run a different theme. And this year's theme is fantasy. Okay. So they're regular people cosplaying then is what Correct. it comes. Okay. I was going to say, I was picturing real elf, real dwarf walking around and everyone just being completely fine with it. This to is me, the, that um, just seems a little weird. This is the, the, the kind of the, duality that I'm kind of playing with in that you've got a fantasy kind of theme and mm-hmm. kind of structure of hero, elves, dwarves, dragons, those kind of things, but then sci-fi in that there's futuristic technology, there's space travel, there's wormholes. And so I liked I liked the juxtaposition of a fantasy theme music festival mm-hmm. put on top of kind of this this futuristic kind of story that's being told across you know multiple kind of time horizons and and fusion of kind of those two different things but i think you've you've clearly called out i need to work a bit better and saying that they're they're cosplaying people <laughs> and not actually elves and dwarves but there's there's similarities of which to because of the, the reading that I've done it and stuff that I've kind of consumed that you can kind of you can tell a dwarf is kind of grumpy right it's kind of right. generalizing They're, that's the, the kind of theme and an elf is kind of a bit airy and a bit kind of off you can have you can play a little bit with that in that mm-hmm. space uh, of those kind of concepts which I think is fun so I like to yeah I like to play those off all right which makes sense now with this, it's you said it's a video game. Is it similar to any games that are out there that you kind of base this off of? Or is it a game that you kind of thought of and said, you know, 
that would be an interesting concept to a game. Yeah, so I'm kind of hiding the fact that this alternate Earth is our future in Mm -hmm. that it's a bridge to a world that we can possibly go to. What I liked about it, um, uh, I guess one of the core themes about the game is that geometrically, and I'll get a little bit technical, but stay with me, um, (laughs) a prism has uh, six vertices. That's the points of which the triangle kind of join at each edge, Mm. right? That's that's the name of the first book. It's Vertex 1. And so there's another point, which is Vertex 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And those are the six books that we have. Of the game itself, the characters are tasked with going into the prism phase to retrieve an edge. Now, on a triangle prism, there's five phases. And these are the levels of the game that I've got. So... In the in the first level, it's kind of easier, and then it gets kind of progressively harder. So as the stories go on, the game gets harder. These phases change, and also, lastly, on the um, on the triangle prism is the edges, and there's nine edges to a triangular prism, and those are what the characters must go in and retrieve. The kind of your ancient artifacts, your lightsabers, your rings, whatever. The, um, the, the the kind of MacGuffins you want to insert um, here is mm-hmm. what the characters must go in and get. And so that's kind of the, the core concept is that we've got the, the six books or the six vertexes, the, the phases of the game, of which they must go through and, and compete and try and, um, and try and win and retrieve them. They go in, retrieve them and try and bring them back. And then the, um, yeah, the edges they must get. As the as the game gets harder. All right. Now, why is his old high school bully coming after to kill him? I mean, <laughs> is I I guess there's a two part question here. One, why is he coming after to get him, and is it literally trying to kill him or just beat the snot out of him? He's been doing the beating the snot out of him for quite some time. Um, this is one of the fun things that. I get to play around with in that now we're raising the stakes a little bit. So of the people, so of the nine edges that are within the game, within the the the, the, the confines of this book, we're sending nine other people along with Kobe into this world. So the prism phase is a game of which multiple people can compete. And in the story, what happens is, though we start with Kobe originally, when we go through the wormhole, we split Kobe, Ruby, and Solomon, who are the elf and the dwarf, into these different parts of this planet called Gaia. So Kobe goes to Leanne Sarun, which is the underwater planet. Ruby goes to Imperial, which is the big fire city at the bottom. And Solomon goes over to Reinhardt, which is the Windy City, and they all have their own individual characters or individual um, experiences, I should say. What happens to his high school bully is he goes right into the heart of the planet of which there's a giant grey storm cloud, this maelstrom. And what happens is 
people go crazy inside this maelstrom. People change, people morph. They kind of become these awful creatures, kind of Game of Thrones, kind of creeping, kind of uh, death style. And so his high school bully actually comes through the portal with him, gets selected as one of the, the 10 who come through. And so there's kind of this constant kind of antagonist through the stage of which Kobe encounters him on his way to kill himself. He encounters him in the lineup to the festival. He encounters him in multiple stages leading up. And then I won't spoil it, but because he's dropped into this place, he in this other world then starts to encounter Kobe in a different way. And now he's, because he's been in this maelstrom, he's stronger, he's more terrifying and Kobe must kind of lift himself up from where he's been in his kind of relationship with this person to try and overcome what he now is. All right. So you also have more books that are coming out with this series is in my understanding it right that you already have it's a six book series six books. so do you already have all of it planned out so you have a idea of where you're going with it i, <laughs> I was gonna say six books you have to kind of have a plan there somewhere yeah so when i first started writing i began what i thought was the first book but it actually turned out to be the fourth (laughs) and so I got through three quarters of the way through and because this kind of idea kind of kept growing kind of borrowing from all these different places these cool concepts I'm like oh I like that oh I like that um it's it sucked because I got three quarters of the way through and I'm like damn okay I have to go back (laughs) and start again but the whole process kind of made me a better writer and so I learning how to write and kind of having that kind of framework in place I just kind of I pantsed it to begin with which I'm kind of just kind of all over the place and just kind of iterated upon that and then doing more learning I got the kind of blueprints of the hero's journey kind of fundamentals just to kind of hit these different points um but to the the whole kind of series I want a uh, I want to kind of bookend them in groups of three of which Kobe's story is one to three and then Mm -hmm. this other characters story four to six similar to how Star Wars have done it in that you kind of follow different protagonists across those those three kind of part blocks in which it is all a connecting story but you follow different characters and different things happen of where I want to take the the whole world in four, five, and six is dramatically different to where one, two, and three will be, but it all kind of ties in. So because of this ever-expanding kind of idea, um, I wanted to give it room to breathe. And so I've, uh, yes, I've, I've expanded out to, to six books. All right. Sounds good. And trust me, I understand. I wrote, let's hear, for my three books I wrote, book two, then book one, then book three. So nice. I, I understand the going out of order, and it makes for an interesting time. But, but again, it makes for an interesting time. Like you said, you're a pantser. I do a lot of pantsing on how I write. 
I find it one entertaining and you figure there's benefits and downsides to however you write, but as long as you get a good story out, which it sounds like you're actually doing from the reviews I've read on Amazon and it sounds like people are enjoying the story. What, what do you find that you think people are really drawing them into your story? I think, and this, this will sound somewhat arrogant, but it's, <laughs> it's the best way that I can describe it. Sci-fi can be too technical mm-hmm. and fantasy can be too boring. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to have that sweet spot in between of which you're not overwhelming people with kind of technicalities of how the rocket propulsion system will work and how this moon's gravitational you know, <laughs> affects the weather on, on X and Y or the long-winded description of the environment or, uh, of, of what's going on over here as well as, you know, this character's 200 page backstory it's like just <laughs> right. get just get to the just get to the point like just get to the point um that's the reading a, a lot of um different books and, and watching lots of different movies and, and playing games it was what i was looking for didn't exist or at no. least not in the concept of the the realms that i was kind of looking for and so i'm like well can't wait for someone to make this thing so i have to do this like i have to be i have to in my own way make what i'm looking for and so from from kind of you're borrowing from kind of those different places i think that's the 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 people that who are reading it kind of resonating with it because it's like it's kind of it's moving like where the the this theme style of when they actually get to this other world jumps from character to character. So you kind of got this, this game of Thrones kind of style, Lord of the Rings style of which a chapter is dedicated to a chapter and just their perspective of what they're going on. And it kind of leaves in a little cliffhanger and then you jump to the next character and you have to wait a little while until you get to come back to find out what happened to that character next, which makes for really good kind of page turning. And I love the, um, I love the idea of the different coloured worlds and the different um, things that happen within them, kind of tying all together, having their own kind of mini hero's journey of each of them to kind of progressively kind of push the story along. Because, you know, you you may have read kind of Game of Thrones and when you finish a, a Danny chapter, you like getting through the book because you're like, what happened to Danny? Like, I'm ready to, <laughs> what, what right. is going on? So that style is is fun to propel the the story along to to tell what's going on and i'll be doing a similar style as as things progress in in book two and three and four to introduce other colors as well so you can kind of get a concept of okay secondary colors are purple orange and green and i can drop them in with the red blue and yellow that I've already started with. So then our exploration of this place, of characters, of the story overall, of what's happening under the hood can get more and more enriched. So I think I think that's why it resonates well is because it's not yeah, it's not super technical and it's not super nerdy. It's just that that nice little sweet spot. 
Well, that's a good thing. I know I've read a few books that are just so hard-boiled to facts that, like you said, 200 pages of somebody's backstory, and you're sitting there going, where was the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been there, and that takes the fun out of it. But, again, it is nice to have a little bit of understanding of the characters. And Sure. So, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you, no one should ever write a backstory or give people indication of the character, but just not 200 pages. Yeah, uh, I think there's ways to do it, right? There's there's ways that you can do it that keep it interesting. Right. In that you don't want to kind of info dump of of all the, the characters' traits, but you can you can do it almost in passing or conversationally. Like there's there's ways to, to make it interesting for the reader. Oh, I agree. So do you have a projection of your next book coming out yet or is it still in process? I have I have my the the way that I wrote my first book was utilizing um lagging metrics and leading metrics and said I said I said I said um I wanted the book to be here by X date, so I needed to do so many words per day. I'm calculating mm-hmm. out to have it completed by the end of this year because if I take twenty one years to write another book by the time <laughs> I re finish book six I'll be 142, so I need to get a bit of a wiggle on. Um, so I've got I've got my uh, my planned daily writing of of hitting my word count, which will get me the book by the end of the year. That's the plan. All right, nice. So people can have something to look forward to after they finish your first book, which is always good to have, because I know once you start a series, you're sitting there going, okay, you don't want it. Speaking of Game of Thrones, being God knows how many years before the final book actually comes out. Yeah. <laughs> but, is he still going? Uh, is he still alive? Hopefully he's still okay. I don't know. I, I, think, like a... I think he's still kicking. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, that sounds good. Now, with that, is there anything really people should know about your book before they jump into it? Because it sounds like it starts off on a down note, a downer kind of feel, and then it takes off. And I'm hoping from the, what it sounds like, the descriptions and everything you've told me so far, the book actually picks up, gets in a better mood, gets everything more exciting and heart pumping where it's not, woe is me, but more, oh, criminy, I need to try to survive. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, um, I got my dad to review it, who's also a, a, a fantasy lover, and he said, after a somewhat dark start, the story <laughs> gets going. I'm like, okay, that's, I should use that as a, as a blurb. I think the, the darker you can place a character in, in like, they call it the, the glass shard of like you know, something kind of wrong with their existence, the worse that you can kind of make it for them, the bigger the payoff. So mm-hmm. it's it's something that certainly from and the the intro that I have of the story is is a is kind of a nice hook to to kind of get you in of which it talks about of the and this is before we introduce Kobe there's this this kind of um, chapter of 1982 the first time that they're going into the wormhole 
it tells the <clears throat> there's this the perspective of what the the spaceship sees as it goes through and the the spoiler at the end is that it gets eaten by a giant spider dragon and cuts to black so it's kind <laughs> of like a nice little hook of like okay what is going on um right. and so you and so you want to kind of get back to what happened there because if i'd started the whole book with uh he's a horribly depressed overweight character who wants who's on his way to kill himself you're like this isn't a fun book. Like, what, what, <laughs> I don't, right. why am I reading this? This is awful. Yeah, um, that's kind of where I was kind of sitting there going, wow, it sounds depressing to start with. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's purposeful in that you set the odds and set the, 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 the cards stacked against this character as much as possible. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's no way this person can be the hero like there's no way like look at it like there's all these things that are working against them um that's that's the fun aspect of it so certainly for for those who have kind of like the star wars or kind of the game of thrones style it's certainly for what i feel is resonating well for for that kind of audience to to kind of pick up because it it tells that similar kind of you couldn't possibly be the hero kind of style in that it's the it's kind of the 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 Brandon Stark, the Luke Skywalker, the the lowly kind of hero. It's like no, it's not you. Like you're not, <laughs> you couldn't be the one. Um, and it's that awesome arc of of who they could become across that journey that I think is yeah, I think is captivating. And as well as that, if you don't like Gobi, there's Ruby and there's Solomon as well, and and, and soon others to kind of play with because I think that's that's what makes it more fun is you get to kind of play with um, different protagonists and and how they would react rather than and singular focus can work um, if if that's the style and many have done it but I love yeah because I'm trying to cover so much ground with so many different colors I needed to have different characters to kind of play with so I personally biased <laughs> I think that's um other people can, um, or certainly those of the sci-fi and kind of fantasy ilk can, can like it. And I've even had people who haven't um, normally consumed this content before enjoy it. Um, so I've got a, a free chapter that you can you can um, get if you uh, if you want to dabble in it, and then you can go, yeah, that's cool, or no, no, that's not for me, and then you'll know. All right. Well, since you mentioned that. So I know that people can find you on authorblurb.com where I have a profile set set up for you. I imagine your website, which would you like to tell people what it is? It's going to be in the show notes, but is that where your free chapter is going to be? Yeah. So if you go to the prismhexology.com, um, you can download, chuck in your email, and I'll send you the, the first free chapter for the book, and you can try before you buy. <laughs> there you go. A little taste before you get get hooked. Yeah, see what you like it. You know, if, <laughs> if this is for you, cool. If it's not, then that's fine. You know, this is the the. I certainly want to make sure it's um it's fitting people's what they're interested in, and what I'm kind of doing with like the social aspect as well is kind of playing around with it to try and get it to kind of different kind of cool formats to to get people to to find out more about it and yeah, just find like-minded people who resonate with it and, and think it's cool. 
Well, sounds good. I know that it sounds interesting, so that's one I'll probably have to add to my list eventually. And I had said, with all the authors I've been talking to, my list has grown from just a couple books to I could probably double my book collection at this point. <laughs> but with that being said, I appreciate you being here, Alex. It's been fun talking with you. Hopefully at the end of the year, when you're about ready to put out your next book, you come back so we can talk Definitely. more about that. And with that being said, this is going to be the end for everybody else. But if you could, hold on for me just for a moment. So thank you for making it this far. Remember, you can go to authorblurb.com where there's plenty of stuff there for you to find. Enjoy another author. Enjoy finding that book that you love. So take the time. Do me a favor. Share. Subscribe. Enjoy the show and tell others. Thank you.